Hi, I'm Jim Paolino, CEO of Lodestar Software Solutions and the host of Lodestar's Landing Leaders. On this podcast, we bring in thought leaders from across the real estate industry and occasionally outside of it to have conversations that are insightful, interesting, and impactful. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's Lodestar's Landing Leaders. We have a very special guest today, my friend, Kevin Perenio. Chief Lending Officer at PRMG, absolute industry rock star. If you don't follow him on LinkedIn, you need to after having this podcast. Just a wealth of industry information. Really excited uh, to have this conversation. Kevin, thanks so much for for coming on. Hey, thank you so much. Come a long way since our first meeting. I think it was in Denver at the NBA. It was. I know. I was surprised you even took the meeting. So I'm really, really yeah, happy. Of course, you, uh, you've always been so generous with your time. So I'm, I'm really excited to dive into some industry stuff here. Thank you. So, um, kind of two part question to start. Um, what's gotten you into the mortgage industry, and what's kept you in the mortgage industry over the last twenty plus years? Uh, I was living in Austin, Texas in mm. 2001, and I was mm-hmm. working at Dell Computers. I had just come off about a year and a half at them. And <clears throat> what's interesting is that experience at Dell has really shaped a lot of like my beliefs on where this industry is going. And, yeah. and, um, and I'll, I'll just say that when I started at Dell, we were selling computers for $2,000 uh, a box to start. And then when I left, they were at $499. And so I just felt like Every industry kind of goes through that cycle and there's really thinning of the crowd. And mm-hmm. um, we're seeing a, a very similar cycle happen right now. So, you know, after I couldn't make as much money for as hard as I was working, right. my buddy, Matt Fankhauser, um, who um, is uh, who works over at uh, SoFi actually right now, um, he's like, dude, I just stopped being a realtor. I joined this company, First Magnus. Mm-hmm. I'm a wholesale account executive. I get to go out in the field and I get to meet brokers and I get to go talk to originators and there's a little mm-hmm. bit of road travel. He's like, you'll love it. I was like, and I was literally sitting on a beach in Venice beach at a buddy's um, place, you know, who had just moved out there after college. And I'm like, do I move to LA and try and figure out what's going on? And I'm mm-hmm. like, nah, I don't like being broke. So I'm going to go try out this uh, mortgage industry. And that's how I got in it. And, yeah. um, and my, uh, my uh, mentor at the time, um, I had uh, Ramaj Bali and Leslie Inman. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, I really connected with them. They really trained me up. And I just fell in love with the business. You know, Ramaj used to say, you know, the business is people and numbers. Yeah. You know, so um, I love numbers. I love math. I'm, um, you know, I, and I love people. And then, of course, you know, I really got um, trained by Leslie on like the nitty gritty. And if you love to learn, it's never ending in this business. It's never ending learning. It's not like you have some mundane task you just do over and over. There's just an abundance of stuff to learn. It's always changing, especially with regulators sticking their, you know, hands and everything and, Mm -hmm. you know, just changing the rules. And now, you know, like we're in the middle of the most epic refi boom ever. And like, Hey, let's have a brand new loan application, you know? And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, there's just challenge after challenge, you know? So uh, that's really what's kept me in it. And um, I'm with a great group. I, 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 you know, I'm a partner here at PRMG. Thank God, you know, um, Paul and Robert, the two founders, they believe in me. Gary's our, our, um, our other partner. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like now there's a lot riding on it. I, I have to serve 2,900 employees and growing. I have to make sure that they put food on their table for their families. So, you know, there's a, there's a servant attitude uh, in the way I operate. And then there's also... A survival instinct. And I think, you know, a lot of the stuff that you and your team are working on, um, a lot of what we're working on, mm-hmm. 
how do we how do we navigate this new landscape and survive and then thrive? That is, you know, that's a lot of what uh, you know just keeps me going and, and, and gets me ticking. So I appreciate you asking um, yeah. a great no, intro question. Yeah, a lot to go off of. It reminded me too of the quote of uh, a loan officer is just a realtor who can do math. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Yeah. That's the first time yeah. I heard that. I'm, I'm going to use that one. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Uh, but um, so going off of that and kind of your concerns, um, you know, the, the Mount Everest size view that you have the industry now, um, and you say a lot in your content, the unknown unknowns, what keeps you up at night? What are the, the things that, you know, are those areas of concerns of you see it, you see that posted in the morning on your phone, you'd be like, oh, this is going to be a long day. Yeah, I, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's something that's like really big. It's always been in the back of my mind. You know, I, when I, I remember being in, um, I guess it was really high school mm-hmm. and studying um, European history. And if you look at Europe and, you know, the society is, you know, much older than, mm-hmm. you know, America, America's, uh, you know, um, a teenager compared to yeah. Europe. And then if you look at Asia, um, you know, even uh, more established. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I've always had this thought like, so this is how these societies have evolved over time. And that's what they look like um, when, you know, we're, they're well beyond the years that we are. So I, I look at America and I go, are we going to be like Europe? Are we going to have, you know, a wide gap between the haves and the have nots? Are we going to have a super erosion of the middle class? Mm-hmm. And I just, I just always think like, I have to work so hard because I have opportunities that my children might not have. Now, you know, America is different. You know, we, we are a different country. We have an abundance of opportunity. There is, I mean, our business is fantastic. You get, you don't have to have um, any sort of education. You don't have to have, there's no, I mean, the entry, the barrier to entry is very low, at least it has been to this point. And now we're seeing even that change with the NMLS and licensing and taking a test and, um, and then when fintech comes in, you know, where do you fit in when so much is automated and it's harder to break in? So, so I guess, you know, th- those kind of thoughts have all come together. It's like mm-hmm. when things change and there's, you know, um, uh, a haves and have nots, which by the way, owning real estate is like the best way to be a have for right. the average person. So I love giving back. So, so for me, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I'm a race against time mm-hmm. to set up my children um, for a better, you know, life to set up my teammates and my company for a better future and, you know, really fight on behalf of, you know, maybe people that don't have all the resources of the haves, you know, of the banks or the hedge funds or the fintech, you know, VC backed billionaires, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, that's, that's kind of all that's kind of changed my mindset. And, um, and, and that's really what keeps me going every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's great. That's so much to kind of dig into. It reminds me, um, growing up in the title industry, you know, it's very easy for us to lose sight of all the problems that we we have of dealing with technology or dealing with clients or dealing with other businesses. Um, but when I ever happen to be at that family title company, um, I'm working on something else. And then I see someone come in for their closing and they're dressed up, they're nervous, they're excited. It just makes <laughs> you realize like how big a deal home ownership is and like kind of have that as such a pathway for people. Um, That's so cool that you, you, you know, being entitled, you got to yeah. see that look on their face, that yeah. excitement, like every day. It really, cause sometimes, yeah. you know, you get lost in, 
mm-hmm. oh man, like this, like you said, this is gonna be a long day, or this, I just had this awful thing. But then, you know, that's kind of what, like, my kids ground me, right? You know, I get mm-hmm. home and I see, like, they're just so happy. They have no idea, like, how hard daddy has to work for them to live in freaking Newport Beach, you know? <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it's like, they just think, you know, everything just falls on tree off trees, you know? But, that grounding you had at a title company, that's pretty awesome. You get to see, you know, the, the, the home ownership, the American dream, you know, the, the stuff that's altruistic that makes us, you know, really inspired to do what we do. Yeah, I think, and I think it's easy to lose sight of that, especially in, in the industry now, and especially how so much we do with technology and dealing with businesses. I would love to hear at PRMG what types of things you guys are doing um, with fair lending and kind of keeping that, you know, that equity in mind. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I think, you know, our 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 overall just uh, culture here is, you know, we have two founders, Paul and Robert, and we have a saying, they built by originators for originators. So mm-hmm. if we serve the originator and we make sure that they're set up for success, then we know that they, originators, will take care of the consumer. So we're just doing right by the consumer yeah. through the originator. And, you know, we, our hearts are in good places. We're mm-hmm. not... Um, you know, we're, we're conservative generally with our money. We save, we're serial savers, um, which is, you know, a, a whole part of the financial literacy piece in what mm-hmm. we do. I mean, if you think about yeah. what mortgage and real estate professionals do at the local level, by the way, is they teach financial literacy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, so, so for us, we feel like, you know, uh, fair lending is just table stakes for us because we're doing right by the consumer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as interesting as, um, we had our new hire orientation yesterday. We had 129 new hires that were mm-hmm. on our monthly orientation. I do the closing comments. So it's the second Tuesday of every month. Mm-hmm. I do yeah. the closing comments. You know, I'm thanking people for, for putting their faith and trust in right, PRMG right. and putting their family and careers uh, here. And then I take some Q&A at the end. And um, someone actually goes, you know, I am a green loan officer. I just in the business. What advice would you give? And um, what's interesting is I said, you know, Within two weeks, certainly within a month, mm-hmm. you are now an expert and have the confidence to know that what you're teaching and telling a borrower, even though you may not, you just learned it yourself, you're now an expert. And right. so, you know, you have a crash course here. We have training here. And uh, and so it's just amazing to kind of have that question for someone that's just getting in. And I'm like, be confident. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're on the front lines teaching financial literacy to consumers and uh, they need our guidance. They need our help. And, and that's, that's how we move. That's how we operate. That's how we feel like we're, um, you know, we're a fair housing uh, lender and, and we think we're on the right path. Well, that's a great point too um, about being an expert. I think the average consumer does what six or seven mortgage transactions in their life. A new loan officer. This is a debate we're having. Okay. So my, my buddy, Alex, uh, Uh he says it's 11. I say it's nine. And I, and, but you know what, you might be right because after I, just, I could, I could be wrong. I don't know. I, well, we just had the lowest rates ever. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I'm not refinancing out of that rate ever. I can't imagine, you know, so maybe that kind of knocked a few off the average. Hey, you, you know what they say? 70% of all statistics are made up. Yeah. No. <laughs> I heard Peter Lynch say, uh, yeah. he said something very similar. He says, you know, if you spent, uh, if you spent 10 minutes on economics, you know, you wasted seven minutes, you know, <laughs> But even if, so even if it's 11, right, the normal loan officer is going to deal with more transactions in a normal week almost 
than someone oh, yeah. would in their entire life, right? So that expertise is something that you're going to gain really, really quickly. Well, think about a wholesale account executive now. Yeah. So that's where I got started. So um, uh, a loan officer, like you said, is dealing with a few scenarios a day. An account executive is dealing with dozens every day because they're helping you know, mortgage brokers out there or correspondents out there mm-hmm. who are calling them as the expert, as the product and guideline yeah. expert. And so uh, you really get a crash course. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, you're, you're, you're nailed it. I mean, you know, you, you just become an expert so fast in yeah. this business, yeah. especially uh, for a consumer. Like you said, you know, they're nervous and excited when they walk in the closing table. It's their first mm-hmm. time, you know. It's such a different uh, perspective. It's, uh, and I think well it's said. just important for loan officers to keep that in mind that this is, you know, a relationship business. This is that big of a deal for people. Um, you talk a ton about technology, right? And, and a lot of the content you put out. So tell me, when are the robots going to replace loan officers? Well, that is a great question. Yeah. Um, or you know, realtors, I, whatever, whatever it may be. Well, you, I mean, you look at, you look at all yeah. the big, you know, fintech disruptors out there, the billions of dollars. I mean, they're pretty, they're, I mean, they've targeted real estate agents first and yeah. um, there's definitely some um, erosion there. Um, listing agents, you know, you still control the listing, you control quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that that is still such a local level. You know, if I, if I'm a realtor and I've been in the neighborhood for five, 10, 20 years, mm-hmm. I'm knocking on doors, you know, Hey, I know this neighborhood. I know what your house is worth and I know how to market. It. I know how to sell it for you. And you just, know, you know, I'm not talking about like the part-timers, the ones that do a couple here and there, yeah. not the ones that like, you know, are badass, you know, they really get it. Um, you just can't replace that experience mm-hmm. and um, in, in the fact that they're local. So, mm-hmm. so I, I don't, I don't see um, complete replacement. Now, as, as far as the um, book LO and real estate agent, there will be less mm-hmm. and each of them will have to work for less mm-hmm. and each of them will have to do more for less. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's where technology comes in to help a local originator or a local real estate agent. You know, we have fintech companies out there um, mm-hmm. like yours that are focused on us. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you know, you're, you're able to help private mortgage lenders, independent mortgage bankers. You have tools that help us succeed and fight the fintech disruption for the centralized, you know, companies that are in the Bay Area or Seattle or wherever they are, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and so I, I feel like um, the loan officer job uh, is, is definitely, it's hard to, um, to go through all the math and all the, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, all the stuff on the loan estimate. I think that that's a skill set um, that, you know, is always required, especially for a first time home buyer who really values just picking up the phone and talking mm-hmm. to someone who then also is local. Because that local knowledge yeah. kind of throw in there together with all the rest of the stuff, it really is a winning combination. So um, now, you know, 45% of the world's jobs are can definitely be automated with existing technology. And so yeah. there's a lot of stuff out there mm-hmm. that can be automated. But, um, but I, I still have faith in the human connection. I mean, all these restaurants that, you know, we didn't go to for a year, we're going to start going back to them. Why? Because we want to get out and be around mm-hmm. other people. Just like when you're doing a mortgage, you want to talk to another person, you know, you want to be around people, not everybody, you know, there are people that don't, you know, value that. So um, I I think it might get more narrow for sure, but um, definitely not um, a complete extinction event. No, I'm, um, I'm taking my first Uber tomorrow morning for the first time in about 15 months. 
Oh I'm yeah. So excited. Yeah. Cause I have a meeting to go to my wish using the car. So I'm like, Oh great. I get to take it over again. Just, so it's just funny to your point about the personal I, touch. I drove, I, I drove, I flew in uh, the other day from park city and I had an Uber yeah. home Friday night and my Uber's driver, uh, his name was Muhammad Ali. And, um, <laughs> I, I yeah. said, I said, Muhammad Ali, you're the greatest of all time. And he just kind of looked at me like, I've heard this at least a thousand times, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was just good to have like a human interaction there yeah. with, uh, with the driver. And, uh, you know, he did not, he did not float, he did not drive uh, and float like a butterfly and sting like mm-hmm. a bee. He drove like a turtle, uh, but it's okay. It was okay. safe. It was good. And uh, good luck on your, on your Uber. Yeah. I, had, I had a driver <laughs> once whose name was Tony Montana. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I actually love the fact that you brought up Uber because mm-hmm. um, uh, Uber and Lyft, what, what, um, the things that your team is building and right. um, the, the things that, um, you know, that technology is trying to take out of our industry is friction, right? Mm-hmm. So you want a frictionless experience. Now, that doesn't mean the entire thing is completely automated because obviously, you know, there was a driver in my car and we right. spoke. Now there are driverless Ubers. I've been in one in, yeah. uh, in, in Phoenix. And so they are trying to completely, at least that, um, you know, uh, job is, is trying to be completely eliminated. But, but, you know, I always use that analogy that, you know, we're trying to use your tools to create a yeah. frictionless yeah. experience. You know, instead of sitting on a corner and, and hoping a cab comes by and wasting time, you know, I pull up my phone, I say where I'm at, I pip a boom and I'm done and mm-hmm. I'm there. It's a completely frictionless, efficient, you know, uh, better, faster, cheaper, as I like to say, in that order by um, by design. I say better first because mm-hmm. you know if you have a better and faster experience, you don't necessarily need the cheapest. You know, you you know, but you can have it. You can have all three. And so I, I actually use that analogy all the time about Uber, mm-hmm. and and I think it's really appropriate that you brought it up. Well, where do you so going off that point, looking at the mortgage process now, where is that friction? Um, so there, there's a, there's a few, there's a few points. So, um, you know, point of sale, um, mm-hmm. you know, taking a loan application, as you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of loan officers, you know, you, even here today, the bulk of our applications taken by our retail channel is they get on the phone with mm-hmm. the bar and they ask every single question. Now, I mean, it's like, you can yeah. take 30 minutes, you know, doing that when, you know, just trust the technology send them the link, say, you know what, I'm going to schedule 20 minutes of time. And so instead of 30, 20, I'm going to schedule a 20 minute conversation, with you, maybe even 15. It's up to you. I want you to fill this out. And then here's the time we're going to get together. So then when you get on the phone with them, you already know how many dependents they have and how old they are. I see you have four kids. Their ages you know, eight, six, four, and two. Are you looking for a new home because you've got so many kids? I've got a great neighborhood because I'm local this is a great school district. Here's a good area. Oh, and by the way, I can refer you to a local real estate agent that knows all this stuff just as much, if not better than me. That is a relationship deepening use of your time because you used technology and tools like a point of sale to get a more completed app as opposed to sitting there and wasting 30 minutes. Are you a core co-endorser on a note? Are you in bankruptcy? Are you like you're literally going check by check? Let them fill that out. And, and it's probably that the, the way you mentioned too, by the person filling it out on their own, it's probably their preferred method too. For millennials, it is for sure. You know, yeah. the, now the largest demographic um, in housing, they're the first time mm-hmm. home buyers or average age is 32, uh, 33, depending on which mm-hmm. report you read. And yeah, that is their preferred method. You know, they want to make most efficient use of their time 
if they do a phone call as well. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, point of sale is one. Uh, mm-hmm. CRM obviously is a, a big part of our tech stack. Um, we've had some great luck. Um, uh, the very unique thing called FinLocker. Mm-hmm. And um, it's basically like uh, Mint, Budgeting, Credit Karma. And um, uh, they have a great agreement with both Fannie and Freddie um, where you can run to you in the locker. So you give a borrower a locker, you know, when they're a prospect and they're, they're kind of like learning financial literacy in the locker and they mm-hmm. are empowered to control their own information and data before they're ever alone. They could just be, just be a prospect. Yeah. Hey, you know, I got six months left on my lease in my apartment. I'm not, I'm not ready yet. You know, like here's a bin locker, you know, and then, you know, so that's been a great one. We've had um, mm-hmm. credit evolve formerly known as uh, get credit healthy. They've been fantastic. You know, all right, you've got some, some credit, but we need a year to work on your credit. We need six months, maybe we need three months. Here's a team that can help uh, with restoration and help you work through that. And, and they're integrated inside systems like yours and ours, you know, yeah. um, inside our Encompass environment. Those are some tech uh, tools that we've had some great uh, luck with. Insurance is changing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Matic Insurance is one that uh, uh, I personally am a big fan of. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben Matic and team are incredible. They make it so easy to order a quote. Um, and of course, you know, you've got so many other parts down the line. Um, you know, capacity. I, I actually uh, did a, uh, I did a, uh, a call with them today. Uh, I did a live panel on Housing Wire today, um, and with Alex uh, from Sales Boomerang, and um, and then David Karen, just the founder mm-hmm. of uh, Capacity. Capacity is an AI bot, and it helps us automate all of our help desks and all of our ticketing and trying mm-hmm. to get rid of email. But then they go into workflow automation, you know, back behind the scenes. So. You know, there's just so many different things that are out there that we're all working on together. Um, gosh, you know, your tool sets, everything you guys are doing and involved. I mean, think about when we, you and I first talked about, you know, and some of the tools that you were presenting to us. And, you know, um, you know, you've just evolved into a full suite of tools and capabilities, which, again, you're focused on us. You're our champion. I mean, we need fintech tools to survive any kind of disruption from people who are better capitalized than we are. Well, I think the people's appetite for it has changed now of, you know, for us, oh, we need a quote just for the LE to, no, I need a quote at point of application. I need it even before that. I need to confirm fees after. Like the, the people, the customer is getting more educated because like you, um, my favorite thing about your description there was you thought of everything as an ecosystem and how it's related. And I think that is so important than looking at technology because people aren't just distracted by like the shiny ball. Yeah. Right. So I think the idea of people know, oh, I need this here. I need this here. Um, I need this to kind of work throughout as an ecosystem, because otherwise, if you just have one OK piece of technology that's not connected with anything else, it's not it's just not going to make a the difference is going to be more trouble than it's worth. It's a, it's a challenge. You know, our mm-hmm. tech team, you know, do you do you cobble together a bunch of things or, you do you, you know, you use an AI bot to solve one piece, mm-hmm. but how does it fit into the rest, you know, it, it is, um, you know, every company's different too, you know, there's yeah. no one right answer and, and um, mm-hmm. you know, the results at the end of the day speak for himself. Well, you had mentioned, so at the top of the call, um, being at Dell and seeing the, the margins just shrink from 2000 to 499. I mean, you're saying that there's been a version of that in this industry. So aside from technology, how do you think the industry can fight that? Um, or, you know, what's your approach on seeing something happen like that now as things get commoditized? 
So, so what's interesting is, uh, you know, we just came out of a recession mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, our industry is, you know, recession proof, you know, when, when rates go down because, you know, the Fed's trying to stimulate growth, we're booming, you know, with refinances. And so last year, um, imperfections of, of companies were covered up because loans were literally falling out of the sky. There wasn't enough capacity in the industry to handle $4 trillion in loans. This year, we might do $3 trillion, maybe a little under. Still a fantastic year, mm-hmm. but it's down. And it's going to be down 25% mm-hmm. or more. Um, refinances will be down more than that by percentage, you know, obviously mm-hmm. purchases, you know, pick back up. And so what's interesting is everyone built their capacity to handle all the loans in fulfillment and, mm-hmm. you know, warehousing and everything else. And then now there's less. So, so, so there's a couple things that happen in that transition period. You go through a price war. Okay. Now the, the, the question is, is this price war, now, this time, is it permanent like it was when I worked at Dell? You know, Michael Dell, um, love that guy, super inspiring. He would walk, you know, right by our cubicles, you know, just seeing what's up. You know, there was like 10, 12 different, you know, computer companies out there. You had Gateway with the cow, on the, you know, on the boxes and all that kind of stuff. You know, and Michael's like, you know what? what why, why, are we, why do we have all this competition? Why? You know, some of the bigger lenders, a lot of them went public. They went and got more money. Um, they're, you know, they've got single owners or maybe just a couple owners that, you know, I mean, any one of them can do what Jeff Bezos did or what Michael Dell did or what Ian did and say, you know what, we're going to run at a loss or we're going to just, you know, crush the competition and, you know, we're okay with that, you know? So, so I don't know that like what's going on right now. It, it, I don't know if it's like how it was before when you come out of a refi boom, you see the banks and the hedge funds, they just cut staff because they don't want to be overstaffed. And they want to save some money. And then everyone kind of brings their capacity down to the level of where it needs to be. And then there's, then everyone can survive at that level. Mm-hmm. I, I think this time is different. I think with the amount of lenders that went and got public money and larger partners, I think there's a real strategy by um, some big players that they're going to, they're going to sell books at a loss for 11 years until Barnes and Noble goes out of business. And then all that's standing mm-hmm. is Amazon. And so, right. um, you know, I, I just, I feel like this time is different because the technology mm-hmm. has finally come into, um, right. you know, our traditionally archaic um, industry. But the good mm-hmm. news is um, there's a lot of great tech that, you know, individuals can have or yeah. individual yeah. teams. And so, I, I think, you know, I think the real estate professional and the originator are going to bear the brunt of the changing landscape and they're going to have to work for less because mm-hmm. the consumer is going to demand that Amazon experience, that Uber mm-hmm. experience. They want better, faster and cheaper. And, you know, um, you know, you hear, you, you know, you see Chamath Palihapitiya when he talks about open door, he's like, mm-hmm. you know, why do real estate agents get, you know, 6% commission? We think that's too much. I mean, he just flat yeah. out says it, you know, I mean, he's basically saying you are, you are paid too much. We're going to build tech that does it better, faster, and cheaper. And now of course you and I both know, we think that local real estate agents and originators are worth uh, more than a FinTech only experience, but how much more? Cause the right. consumer is ultimately the one that decides not me, not you. Yeah. It's the consumer that decides. I mean, ask any consumer right now. Ask a thousand consumers. 
do they want to wait for a cab? Do they want? To, do they ever order cabs anymore? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like uh, Barry Habib likes to talk about whatever happened to travel agents? They used to be mm-hmm. on every corner. They're all gone. You know, so the consumer is really what's driving this change, and mm-hmm. um, and and change is coming. It's here. Or you know, do I hire a realtor? Do I go through the process? Or you know, insert I buyer name is offering me ninety five percent of listing on this house. Let me just do it. You just press a button. Yeah. Yeah. Press a button, yeah. you get your cash. Yeah. You know, it's like, bam, there's 150 grand for your house. You're like, awesome. You know, I mean, people like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and then just to kind of wrap up this this example here, in, in that case, who is the Barnes & Noble then? What type of companies are the ones that you feel are most at risk? Um, I think I think the companies that don't um, work on their, um, their OPEX, uh, mm-hmm. you know, operating expenditures. I think companies... Mm-hmm. I mean, we're working to get every single um, loan underwritten for $100 or less. Mm-hmm. That, that's our goal. Underwritten. I mean, underwriters are expensive. They are so expensive. Now, we don't want to get rid of underwriters. We want them to do more. The salespeople have to do more. The realtors have to do more. Underwriters have to do more. So if I can get a cleaner file, a more efficient file, a cleaner, more efficient process behind the scenes, and I can get the most out of my underwriters who are absolutely the backbone of our company and our industry. They're the ones making financial decisions. If I can get more out of them, then I can play in that space where we can provide the same incredible experience for less, for a better rate, for a better mm-hmm. overall cost uh, for, uh, for the consumer. I think, uh, I think title, company, uh, title companies, I think title is going to be a big one. And you, obviously, you're very well aware of that. You, know, you look at blockchain and you see what it's going to do to title. You know, the big title companies, you know, they control the data, but someone's going to find a way to break in that space. I mean, you know, why would someone pay so much for title to, hey, it goes from A to B. What am I insuring? You know, it's like, it's like there's no imperfections. There should be no imperfections because everything that's ever happened is on a, a financial ledger here in blockchain technology. What am I insuring? It's all right there. So, you know, I think that's, um, that's a piece that uh, is disruptable. Um, And, um, and I think the cost will come down. The cost of insurance will come down. I think the cost of um, appraisals will come down. You know, I think there's, you know, just overall, everything is, is going to get more efficient is what technology does. It looks for inefficiency and it attacks it and it makes it more affordable and it makes it better, faster and cheaper. I think what I really like is how you're looking at people like your underwriters, your loan officers, and you're saying, what is your highest leverage role? What is your highest leverage skill? What can you do that we can't automate with technology? Um, Because I think that's the way that you have to look at everything. And um, I find it very challenging for some clients to get there when I talk to them because they want to protect. They feel like if people don't have things to do, they're not going to do any work. I feel like they don't really have that same idea of no, we really this we want you dealing with people. We want you building relationships. We want you making these important financial decisions that we can't automate. So I think it's it's really good that um, you you have that mindset. It's refreshing to see. Um, I'm not going to get into it now, but I'd fight you tooth and nail on the cryptocurrency thing because I just don't think, I do not think that blockchain is going to get there in this industry. You're talking about an industry that had the technology to do a digital closing 20 years ago, right? I know. So like, I think the, the how far we are from getting everything on a blockchain 
is just ridiculous. Um, I, 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 I actually, I actually agree with you. Um, and, and I think the reason, the reason, well, you know, the, the, the e-closing is a government thing. So governments, you know, run slow. Um, title, you know, and I, I want to separate cryptocurrency from blockchain technology. Right. So, yeah. um, um, although I'm a huge fan, I, I love Bitcoin. I was, I I was, I was going to bring up Coinbase too. I, don't I, know I bought uh, some today at the oh, IPO. So, you know, um, you know down a little bit, but you never know. Yeah, no, it's totally overpriced, uh, but um, I, I, I'm a big fan of it. But, um, but you know, to blockchain technology, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's interesting is, you know, you've got um, the first Americans and um, old republics and you have all these, you know, um, you know, core logic. You have these companies that have all the data. They control the data. And so it's really going to be up to them to decide when to allow blockchain into title, for example. Um, but, um, but a financial ledger that cannot be tampered with and every single um, – transaction is ever recorded, you know, this property sold from A to B to C all the way down the line. Here's everything involved. I mean, you know, you can't, you know, there's some value in that technology. Will it, will it make it? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, someone with, someone with like, you know, I mean, billions of dollars is going to say, you know what? Fine. You don't want to give us your data. We're, we have enough money to sit around and wait and, and get our own data through other means. And we're going to, uh, Institute it, and that's that's what disruption is always about, you know. Um, you know, uh, Blockbuster they they could have pivoted, you know they yeah. they could have they could have found a way to do things online like Netflix, and um, you know they didn't, and um, and ultimately you know, they're not around, you know. And mm-hmm. so um, yeah, I, I think I think I, I do I do agree. Our our industry does move slow when it comes to technology um, adoption, but man, things have really sped up in the last you know five years. Yeah, I mean, the last year, especially too, I think it's really catalyzed a lot of things going on. So it's going to be be interesting to to see. Um, and I don't want to take up too much of your time, but yeah, I really appreciate you coming on today. The last question I'd like to ask all of our guests is, what gets you going in the morning? What gets you up um, excited, ready to drink five cups of espresso and, you know, go and do <laughs> five, five of these types of calls in a day? Well, let me let me just say this. Um, I, I don't sleep much. Um, I just, I just don't, I'm, I am, you know, I'm four and a half hours a night, um, sometimes three, um, usually no more than six. And, and it's mm-hmm. always 90 minute increments, which is your typical uh, REM sleep cycle. I don't mm-hmm. use an alarm. I just wake up when I wake up. It's almost always in one of those increments. Um, I have four kids. They're young. Uh, they always seem to get up uh, and make a lot of noise. Yeah. So, um, you know, they, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm starting to get kind of like, you know, it's time to wake up, like, you know, they get me going, I hear them out in the living room and they're trouncing around. Yeah. So that gets me going. I love, um, waking up and, uh, watching the stock market open, um, mm-hmm. every day. Um, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, with my dad and mom watching, you know, watching the ticker on CNBC and watching, I'm just mm-hmm. so fascinated with what goes on in business and, all the developments that are going on in the world. And so um, I love watching, you know, the market open and, um, and just, you know, even trading a little bit, you know, here and there. So those are all things that get me going. And then, you know, my, my old team, you know, before um, I moved to California five years ago, I was in Fort Lauderdale for 13 years and Mm -hmm. my old team is out East, you know, the three hours ahead of us. So, you know, I'm getting emails from people on the team, you know, so, you know, your brain is alert. The most alert it's going to be the second you wake up. People don't realize that. Mm-hmm. You know, they run and they go straight and they get their coffee. You know, 
Um, but your brain is actually the most alert right there when you wake up. Um, you're actually just building a tolerance to caffeine if you drink right away. You actually, your brain goes through waves, ups and downs all day. At about 9.30 is when you want your first dose of caffeine. So I do my double espresso at 9.30. I do my second double espresso at 2.30, which, you know, it's 2.45. You saw I just finished mine. That's my second um, espresso of the day. So uh, there's a science to my sleep. There's a science to my caffeine intake. And my children in the market are usually what get me up every morning. <laughs> the method to the madness. I like it. That's right. I like it. Well, I appreciate it. That's a great note to end on. Thanks so much for your time, Kevin. Um, is, is there anything, if people want to find you or anything you want to plug to, to wrap it up here? Well, I, you know, I, I'm trying to build a community and, and I appreciate you being part of it as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think open collaboration, especially for those of us that, you know, aren't billionaires and fintech, you know, disruptors, you know, we're trying to, you know, just openly talk about what we're doing that works. So feel free to log in uh, to LinkedIn and hit me up, uh, Kevin Perenio, P-E-R-A-N-I-O. You can just connect with me there. I put out some video content a few times a week. And uh, yeah, happy to continue to build the community together. And I appreciate you invite me on the, on the podcast. And uh, let's keep rocking, brother. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks. thanks for listening to this week's episode. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'd also love to hear from you in our comments or at lendingleaders at lfsoftwaresolutions.com. A very special thanks to Elena Gardner and Brian Rieger, who help produce our episodes each week. See you next time.